Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I want to talk about the true essence of the grind or the real ideology behind being lazy. So I stumbled across this because for as long as I could remember, I have had a very multifaceted life. So I started working at the age of 13, shouts out to summer youth and summer camps and all that stuff. And then, um, I mean, even prior to working, I've always had dual roles in my household. You know, I'm the firstborn, so that comes with its own separate uh job description if you will right you got to take care of the younger siblings you got to clean up more than everybody you're expected to do more it's just like it's ridiculous and I initially I can say that I've always really been a very responsible driven person and so I guess when my mother and her friends or whatever would see that it was like oh She's walking her little brother to school, making sure that he's taken care of. Hey, add my son to the list. So I became low-key like the neighborhood babysitter, right? At like a super young age. Like I'm still middle school, I think, if that. And now that I think about it, why did y'all even trust me? Like I wasn't even brushing my teeth good. But anyway, let's just move on. I don't want to talk about my grandbaby. Because um, I am somebody's grandbaby. But I was thinking about like just the path that I took with work right because work ethic is not something that's taught to you I truly or that's passed down to you I truly believe it's taught I truly believe that you either observe someone in your household and you start to pick up oh that's hard work um so when I went to high school um that's the only time I think that I did not work because it was truly like focus on your grades because High school is imperative. You need these particular grades to get into college, right? But once I went to college, I was the only one, like, in my crew that was working a full-time job in the morning, going, had a full course. I was a full-time student at night. I mean, like, it was no room to breathe. Like, I literally remember having, um, I was working in the city in Manhattan. Um, I'm from New York, right? You remember. And my work schedule was nine to five. And then my school schedule was, I think, 555 to 830. You know, sometimes colleges be having those weird start times, like why 55, but whatever. Um, And like, literally, that was my Monday through Friday. And then I think I also had like, maybe one or two weekend classes, you know, you're trying to go ahead and take the prerequisites and get them out the way because you want to finish in at least a decade, right. And so I think because that portion of my life took a lot of me. It took a lot to remember why I was working so hard. And I remember having a conversation with my mother at that age when I was in college and doing all that. And my friends would be like, yo, we going out and you know, what you doing? I'm like typing a paper. Like I felt like a super square, right? Like a put the L on my head. Like I felt like a loser. And I remember calling my mom and I'm like, why do I work so hard? Like, what's the point of all this? And she was like, you know, you're doing it for your future family. And she was giving me all the wisdom that just did not sink in. I'm like, no, I'm asking you currently right now, why do I have bags under my eyes? Why am I sleepy? Why am I missing the opportunity to turn up with my friends? Why am I not being a 
average, you know, 19, 20 year old, like this is for the birds and I was not appreciating it. And so I think what that did was it sparked this ripple effect of possibly unhealthy work ethic. I picked up along the line this notion that if you are not working to the gristle, then you are not working. I seen my mom do it. Like literally when she was fighting cancer, she was going to chemo and then going to work. I, I don't know how she did it, but I watched unhealthy work ethic and then it was taught to me. And then when I had the red flag of something is off, it was like, no, this is very much how you're supposed to do it. And then, you know, you want to be like everybody else. And so then I'm looking at everybody else and I'm like, they seem pretty okay. <laughs> I don't, I kind of think I want to dabble a little bit on that side of life. And so in my adulthood, unfortunately, that's also something that I illustrated in my adulthood. Like I literally have always been doing something in, in, in the dual matter. So if I'm working a regular job, I'm doing Uber on the side. If I have this, that, and the third going on, like my hands were always busy. And then it became to the, it came to the point that if I were not maximally busy, then I felt like I was doing something wrong. And it wasn't until lately, um, once I got over, because you already know that particular level of intensity and quote unquote grind, people don't tell you it brings upon, um, different, that work ethic brings upon different, um, diagnoses. Okay. And so for me, and I don't know if it was stemmed from that, but I, at that time was suffering from hypothyroidism. My body was like, oh, you want to hurry up, hurry up, hurry up everywhere you go. You want to keep going, going, don't stop. Cool. Then we got the message. And so that's what we're going to do. So hypothyroidism was essentially my body was mimicking as if I was running a marathon. I was losing weight fast and I didn't mean to. I was sweating when I was just sitting down, had rapid everything. And it was just like, whoa. And before I became wise, I just thought, oh, okay, well, <laughs> maybe this is hereditary. I didn't really put two and two together. It wasn't until after getting healed from that, after seeing that, you know what, this may not be a healthy pace for me, that I started craving a more settled life. And I'm, I'm going to be transparent with you. Um, I struggled from time to time with the fact, you know, what is true work ethic? Because when you listen to like certain motivational speakers or, I mean, you can just randomly go on YouTube and it's the, you know, you got to work hard and, um, you know, you got to grind and um, you even got that t-shirt line that sleep is for suckers. And so it starts to, you know, penetrate your mind on what is the true grind. Am I supposed to sacrifice super sleep? Like I'm in college and I have midterms. Like Everyone's telling you to work hard, but no one's telling you what that looks like on a healthy scale. You know, you see people touring and, you know, celebrities doing whatever. And then on the flip side, you see they're in the hospital for dehydration, right? That they're in the hospital for this, that, and the third. They got to cancel whatever show because of whatever ailment. Like, no one is being real and saying, hey, that level of intensity, that definition and execution of grind it comes with a cost and so either you're going to take your time with the grind or we're going to give you some time to heal from the grind 
And so I was just sitting here with God, and I'm just like, listen, I don't really, I know that I'm far from lazy, which I had to go ahead and battle with too because I had a mother who was low-key a workaholic, you know, her work ethic unmatched. I give her that. But when she would see me relaxing around the home or, you know, doing anything that didn't look like I was busy getting something done, she will often screw out, you're lazy. And so what I know about childhood is sometimes you continue to play the lyrics of somebody else's song for your life. So even when I wanted to relax, I would hear the lyric of you're lazy. And so I would get back up and start, you know, on my Sonic the Hedgehog. And it's like, really, was that the way to do that? <laughs> or did it just mean, yo, go ahead and wash that laundry. It's getting out of control. You know, it didn't mean go ahead and move five mountains and be back in time to get your kids from daycare. Like, what are you doing? You're taking this way out of proportion. So I took a moment and I sat with God and I'm like, can you help me identify true work ethic? I don't want to fall between the modern times of this is how you grind, you know, you know, ain't no sleep, sleepers for suckers. And, you know, no, no, I don't want to sacrifice so much that I sacrifice my health and I sacrifice my family time and the things that are important to me because I'm trying to quote unquote grind. So when I was talking to God about that, I was like, can you just show me? First, he was like, all right, let's just go ahead and um, define lazy so we can go ahead and take that out your vocabulary, right? So I was like, oh, okay, don't mind if I do. So just going to the regular Google, you know, I'll call him the Bishop New Oxford, you know, American Dictionary. It says that, and I want to give it to you clearly. So lazy, the first definition is unwilling to work or use energy. So that washed a lot off for me. I was like, oh, no, I'm not unwilling. I'm actually a little bit too willing. <laughs> like, I got to be reminded, like, you're stretching yourself again. Okay, great. So I'm going to go ahead and just knock lazy and that lyric that was played in my childhood. I'm going to knock that completely out the park. That's no longer identified as me. I, I'm, I'm clear that that's not what it is. And so when I was asking God, like, okay, we went ahead and got the lazy out the way. I was like, can you show me work ethic? And he was like, um, excuse me, that's how I introduced you to myself. I started Genesis off letting you see my work ethic. I was like, you know what? You God, you real clever. I didn't even put the two and two together. I know I talked about Genesis before, but not on that level. So this time he gave it to me through a lens of read it. And at this time that you read it, I want you to read it and identify my work ethic reminding yourself that I'm God. I can possibly do all the things in the whole entire world in one day, but I want you to watch how I did it. And I want you to do what a lot of people are feeling to do. I want you to mimic me on earth. I was like, whoa. So I'm going to go ahead and do exactly that. So let's just take it from the top. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 2. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the waters. 3. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 4. And God saw that the light was good, then he separated the light from the darkness. 5. God called the light day, and the darkness night. And evening passed, and morning came, marking the first day. Mind blown. 
Like, seriously, I know that's probably simplistic to you, but my mind blown. You mean to tell me on the first day, and I'm not trying to minimize God. I'm just going through the lens that he showed me. He literally just created light. That was it. It's it's the equivalent to walking up to a store because he was hovering over the surface, walking up to a store that you would potentially want to go ahead and gut out and make it your own. Looking at the window from the outside, just kind of, okay, okay. Walking inside of the establishment, turning on the light, looking around, pretty good. Turning it back off and going home. Imagine coming back home and they're like, what you do for the day? I turned on the light. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Yeah, I turned on the light. Oh. Right, like, you, you see how that looks completely different? Like, uh, simplistic. I don't want to disrespect you guys. Simplistic, but uh, okay. So he was like, yeah, I turned, on, I turned on the light for the first day. Oh, okay. So let's move on. Verse 6. Then God said, let there be a space between the waters to separate the waters of the heavens from the waters of the earth. 7. And that is what happened. God made this space to separate the waters of the earth from the waters of the heavens. 8. God called the space sky and evening passed and morning came marking the second day. Oh, so, so keeping the whole establishment and, um, you know, analogy going. So he literally walked in the bathroom, turned on the water, saw that it was working and was like, let's separate the water from the toilet. than the water of the sink. Oh, it works. Cool. All right. I'm out. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, wow. Slow start, but, um, I see what you're doing there, God. Mm -hmm. Let's keep reading three or the third point verse nine. Then God said, let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place. So dry ground may appear. And that is what happened. 10. God called the dry ground land and the water sea. And God saw that it was good. 11. Then God said, let the land sprout with vegetation. Every sort of seed bearing plant and trees that grow seed bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And that is what happened. 12. The land produced vegetation. All sorts of seed bearing plants and trees with seed bearing fruit. Their seeds produce plants and trees of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. 13. And evening passed and morning came, marking the third day. Oh. So what that would look like in real time is um, God went grocery shopping. <laughs> like, he just said, oh, okay, let's just do, let's just separate the land and the sea. Oh, that's cute. Matter of fact, in land, let's go ahead and just, you know, start the vegetation. Let me just put the seeds down. So that they can go ahead and take the work off of my hands for having to repeat this process. Let's just make it that what I produce with the vegetation, it could then later on produce for itself. That says a lot for, you know, moms and dads who you cooking and you slaying it. Uh-uh, your kids is uh, age appropriate to start putting some stuff together. Listen, show them how to make tuna fish, okay? 
No, no, no. You go ahead and show them how to make the mean turkey and cheese sandwich. Show them how to go ahead and boil some rice. Okay, you a teenager. I don't want you being a starving college student, okay? So I'm going to go ahead and show you some basics. But, like, literally take a page from God. He literally said, okay, I'm not going to be doing all the work. Some of the stuff that I'm creating and some of the stuff that I'm going ahead and do, yeah, it's going to learn how to do it itself so that I don't have to continuously be pulled on. Yeah, um, supervisors, okay, you are not successful if when you miss a day, your whole team or your, your unit or department, what have you, just pretty much crumbles because you're not there. If you have built something where your presence is always needed in order for it to stand, you pretty much failed a little bit, just a little bit. I don't want to say the failed word too harshly, but yeah, it, it's a, it needs some tweaking. Because we can clearly see right here that God was like, listen, y'all not going to keep pulling on me like, God, we need apples. God, we need oranges. Mm -mm. I'm going to do this one and done. And then it's going to repeat and just replicate what I've done. No, I'm creating stuff so that it can then produce on its level, its same kind. I'm not asking you to do nothing outrageous. I'm not asking humans to go ahead and birth tigers. I'm just saying to the vegetation, listen, what, whoever you are, whatever you do, replicate that. Okay? So bananas, I'm going to need you to do what bananas do. Oranges, you got it? Okay. Cucumbers, you want... Carrots, what you doing over there? Okay, cool. Yeah, so y'all all know y'all roles? Cool. So I'm going to go ahead and go back to heaven. Okay, great. Um, and y'all going to do what I intended for you to do on earth. I mean, mind blown. When you read it through a different lens, it's mind blown. And that was just the third day. You would think, um, God, you could have did all this on the first day. He's like, no, I'm trying to show you work ethic. Because y'all got it twisted there on earth. This is how God talks to me. He was like, I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> I'm I'm floored. You mind blown? I'm mind blown. Because I show, as soon as you open up the Bible, I'm showing you how to do it. You asking people, what would Jesus do? Look what God is doing. Okay? Let's move on. Ver verse 14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. 15. Let these lights in the sky shine down on earth. And that is what happened. 16. God made two great lights, the larger one to govern the day and the smaller one to govern the night. He also made the stars. 17. God set these lights in the sky to light the earth. 18. To govern the day and night and to separate the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. 19. And evening passed and morning came, marking the fourth day. Do you see? <laughs> amazing. Um, amazing. He literally was like, you know what? Let me go back to step one. I know I played with the light situation a little bit. Um, let me just start, you know, putting some receding lights, you know, <laughs> putting a different wattage in the bathroom. But the kitchen, you know, that needs a different wattage. And 
just playing around with the notion of what he already, he built upon what he already built because he knew, okay, so y'all going to need um, some indications of change because that's what life is about. So I'm going to give you something that's going to help you understand seasons, days, and years, okay? And then because um, I don't want to keep coming down from my throne and turning this light switch on and off, I'm going to go ahead and put two big people in charge. I'm going to put the sun in charge for the daytime. I'm going to put um, the moon in charge at the nighttime and i'm gonna make these little bit of bitty stars just in case the moon ain't doing what it's supposed to do you know y'all don't have to suffer so we'll go ahead and just you know do a little bit of this a little bit of that dabbled okay cute okay i'm out that's it you mean to tell me we on the fourth day and god is still taking it easy like he he's doing something but it's not looking like you know, he's down to the gristle and, you know, he, he sacrificed and sleep. No, this looks very much doable. It looks manageable, doesn't it? How does your to-do list look? Hmm? Yeah, how does your, your workload look? Is it outrageous? Is, is it enough for um a country to go ahead and have to disperse your workload because you just, that's not made for one person? Right. Like, look at God's to-do list. Doesn't it look... Like, I'm taking a deep breath. Like, that looks doable. Like, I don't want to be God or nothing. That's a hard job. Shouts out to you. But um, it looks doable. So let's go ahead and move on. 20. Then God said, let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. 21. So God created great sea creatures and every living thing that scurries and swarms in the water. And every sort of bird each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. 22. Then God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply. Let the fish fill the seas and let the birds multiply on earth. 23. And evening passed and morning came marking the fifth day. Now this is what I'm noticing about God when it's picking up momentum. He's like, listen, I'm not, you know, I'm not shy of hard work, right? But I'm not going to continue to work hard. I'm not going to continue to struggle and, and stay in that initiative stage, in that initiative vein, right? If I'm going to go ahead and create all, everything that's in the sea and every sort of bird, like, do you know how many species of bird there is? I think last I checked, it was an astronomical number. It was like, uh, what? Oh, uh, that took a while. God is like, yes, I don't, I'm not shy of hard work. But we're not going to continue to work on that, on that particular level for my entire thronage. Like y'all can have a nice day. If you think that I'm going to come off this throne every time and just recreate birds. No. So I'm going to do what I did with vegetation. I'm going to go ahead and let them know. Um, Nemo. Okay. Um, Toucan Sam. Yeah. I need y'all to go ahead and make sure that y'all producing. Like I, I did the first job for y'all. Okay. I, I went ahead. I created male and female so y'all can go ahead and do what needs to be done so we can get what we need. Okay. Great. Okay. So, but after this, do not expect me to come down and work in this same vein. I'm sorry. No, I'm hiring y'all as, um, you know, vice presidents of the earth, Loki. And I need you to produce which, who you are. Okay. Reproduce that. Yeah, the, the president of the company doesn't come back down and struggle and toil like they're starting the company from scratch. No, you start to hire some people to reproduce the plan that you laid out, right? I'm like, God, I have never, I promise you, I didn't look at Genesis this way. And he's like, right, that's why I told you to come back because, again, I don't know what y'all doing. 
24. Then God said, let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. 25. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Hey, God. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. 29. Then God said, Look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. Mmm, yummy delicious, a.k.a. vegetarian, but we ain't going to talk about it. 30. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky and the small animals that scurry along the ground, everything that has life. And this is what happened. 31. Then God looked over all he made and saw that it was very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. Wow. But hold on. I want to go ahead and go to the next chapter real quick. Genesis 2. We're just going to read the first four verses. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. 2. On the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all his work. 3. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. 4. This is the account of the creation of heavens, the heavens and the earth. Man, I tell you what. <laughs> I tell you what. If his work ethic was, like, I look at it almost like a snowball. It started off a little snowflakey. Oh, okay. And then it grew a little momentum. And then it grew more and grew more. Enough for us to make a good, you know, solid snowman real quick, right? And then once he went ahead and said, okay, um, I'm good now. He rested. Some of us have such a busy work week, Monday through Friday. And they got the nerve Saturday and Sunday to be ripping and running because you're trying to catch up. And whoa! And a lot of us are not. I'm not going. I'm not pointing at you because I know we're not talking about you. But a lot, a lot of people are not out. Everyone's not clubbing, right? We're not lounging. Everyone is not trying to do the turn up. But it is either a you're picking up overtime, right? Or b you're trying to go ahead and clean the house from top to bottom because you haven't been managing it from Monday through Friday, right? Or you're trying to catch up on. It's just a catch up. So that's why when Monday comes, everyone has the Monday blues, and it's like, man, how was your weekend? Not long enough well it would have been i i know your work um load is probably you know hectic it, it's probably heavy i'm not even gonna you know debate that but i'm sure it didn't look like god like sir made every single uh species wild animal human being like he did all of that now i don't know what your work looks like but it doesn't look like creating stuff that was on the earth like 
if we, you know, compare the two, I think God wins. Mm-hmm. I think he does. And so the fact that he knew, okay, um, my work has picked up, and so I need to go ahead and lay it down, sir. Yeah, it's time, I'm, ma'am, I'm going to sleep. I'm sorry? Yeah, I made them in my likeness, and I'm going to sleep for my likeness. I'm going to rest real quick. I'm going to sit back, I'm going to enjoy this, and I'm going to just take a deep breath, and I'm going to just, ah. And as a matter of fact, because I know how y'all may get down, I'm going to go ahead and make something called a Sabbath to make it known that I am ordering y'all, I declare and decree, okay, that y'all rest. Because somebody down there on earth, I already know how y'all getting ready to do. Somebody on earth is going to make it seem like, no, you not working unless you work in 23 hours a day. So I'm going to go ahead and do this. Sir, ma'am, get you a pillow. Poshopedic situation, if you will. Okay? Need you to go ahead and make the room cool. Okay? Maybe you wouldn't have that level of insomnia if your body knew it's okay, we getting ready to rest consistently, but mandatory on, on the seventh day. And you know, and I'm not, I don't even want to get tied up in, is it Sabbath day, Saturday? Is it Sunday? I'm just saying you need one day out the week. God was smart enough to know after you work, you need to rest. And then you can have a nice day to everybody else who's saying that you look like you're not, you know, you're lazy. We're going to go ahead and demolish that, right? Didn't that just make you look at work ethic and the grind and everything thereof differently? Like, because my thing is this. You can go ahead and work 55 hours a day if you want, right? But your body is in tune with what God said. So you're going to have a headache, an ailment, a something that is going to force you to do what? Take a day off, right? I just can't make it in today. I just, my headache, I can't get rid of this headache. I just, I don't know. My stomach has been, yeah, oh, your body is like, oh, I see what you're doing, but I know what God said when he created us. So yeah, please don't ask me to dis disregard God. I would disregard you first. Okay. So if you grind to the point that you're going to be forced to take a day off, why don't you just let your grind be light enough and then when it picks up momentum, be smart enough to say, I need a day of rest. A whole day, not a couple of hours. You need an entire day. You get 24 hours times seven, right? Take one of those 24 and sacrifice it real quick. Like, let that be the sacrificial offering that you, you know, you showing that, okay, God, I'm obeying. I may have a problem with tithes a little bit, but I'm going to go ahead and tithe this 24, um, you know, one of my 24 hours. I'm going to go ahead and just give that to what you said. Because I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, your work will suffer. And then you will be praying to God for like, how come my business is not picking up? And how come nobody is hiring me? And how come I'm not getting that position? And it's because if I allow you to continue to work with this posture, you will go to your grave with this notion that I sleep when I'm dead. And I don't know who made that up. That's not in the Bible. It's not cute, nor is it humanly possible. Robots can say that. Yeah, we, we can. Yep. Yeah. 
robots can go ahead and get a t-shirt made with that on it but not humans not made in his likeness he is literally said let us create in our likeness in our own image he created them right so that means if he rested you're gonna have to do the same i do apologize yeah i don't care what cucumbers feel they're coming out green yes you are i'm sorry because that's how you were created so let this mean what it needs to mean to you my challenge to you is to look at your workload and say, am I being overworked and am I working the way that God did? Because if not, you will have, you will have a forced moment of relaxation. And don't be confused. Man, I'm getting old. Oh, my body just can't move. No, no, no. It's not, not none of the sort. You need to rest. And you're not taking it as seriously as you should. So your body put in a request and it, and it got accepted. Have a nice day. Right? So the challenge is what? To, to undo that workload. It's not humanly possible to work like that. You're going to make yourself sick. You know what the first thing that happens when you go to a hospital? What do they do? They check your vitals and they give you a bed. Why do they give you a bed? Because you need to rest. You mean to tell me even hospitals know I can't do nothing if you don't rest? Yeah, every person that I've seen that's been in ICU, they got a bed. Yeah, every person that I see that's waiting for, you know, the test results, they got a bed. Please don't have, listen, God's going to have his way. And how he intended something is how it's going to be, whether you like it or not, whether you yield to it or not. sis. Sir, I think you need to go ahead and take a cue from the first chapter of the Bible. We're not even two pages in, and it's like, um, did you get did you get the memo, huh? Oh, your your email has updated. What's your new email address? Cause you need this memo. But I feel like you got what you needed, so I'm not even going to you know, not even going to tie you up. As my good nanny says, all right, I ain't gonna hold you. Go ahead and get some sleep. You ain't going to get me in trouble with God. Go ahead and just, I don't care. Take a quick nap. I don't care what time it is. Take a quick nap and we'll talk later, okay? All right. Later.